0: And now, a word from our sponsor, Agorapulse. We know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business. Accounts, meetings, the never-ending inbox. That's why we've teamed up with Agorapulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. No complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to www.agorapulse.com forward slash irishtechnews to get one month free. Now all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours.
1: Hi, uh, on the Irish Tech News podcast, uh, we're continuing our theme of exploring um, some different people uh, who who work and interact with uh, some of the tools in Microsoft. Uh, So today we have someone a bit different. So who are we talking to today?
2: Hi, it's Mark Mitchell. I'm uh, the head of professional services for CWSI and uh, we're a security based company in Dublin.
1: Uh-huh. OK, perfect. So I guess, yeah. first of all, um, uh, in terms of what you do now, uh, would you look at it as a logical progression from uh, what you've done previously leading you into what you do now?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. So I suppose a lot of my background and I've been sort of working in IT for about 20 years now, um, a lot of my background is around endpoint management, um, device configuration and security. So obviously over time, as that sort of story and narrative has evolved and, you know, the services have been moving into the cloud, you know, that transition has been adopted quite quite a lot in the enterprise space and in the corporate space. So the extension of that and then the extension of well, what do you do about security um, sort of just became an obvious uh, next step for me.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah very much so mm-hmm. and so uh with 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 the year that we've had um has that um yeah. I guess what chal- what challenges has that presented and and looking back how do you feel the last year has played out in terms of uh matching the challenges and uh I guess somewhere between threats and opportunities that you've had to deal with um, yeah so
2: I think Obviously, there's been a lot of change and refocus um, in the last year or so, and I think what's become clear that, you know, there were a lot of organisations that were very well managed and very secure for the way that they were structured. But this change, this focus on remote working, everyone being sort of forced to work from home and various other locations, has really accelerated that sort of adoption of cloud um, solutions and remote working, and that in turn has led for a more scrutiny on the security side of things. That how do we ensure that our data is protected, our users are safe, um, and all of that sort of thing. So it really has accelerated that you know direction mm-hmm. over last year.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, and and I guess in many ways this is the whole. Uh, it's somewhere between a nudge and a and a force. A forced move into things that people had maybe spoke about in general but, but weren't actually implementing. Um, in the context of that, um, what, what, what things have gone well and what things have surprised you or been unexpected in terms of the uh, process of uh, ad- adoption and adaptation?
2: Um, I suppose the thing that has done both is the acceleration and the flexibility of a lot of people, you know, from from an an employer's perspective that, you know, a traditional business continuity plan just wasn't fit for purpose in this sort of scenario. You know, you're usually focusing on a short term, small percentage of your workforce still being able to operate. So to be able to transition to basically 100% of your workforce operating remotely, um is obviously a massive shift and what that's led to is where organizations were looking at their plans and you know their transformation projects that they might have had in scope they've had to obviously massively accelerate that but also the flexibility of of you know the workforce that people have been able to adapt quite quickly to working from home you know making an office out of the dining room table about being able to um sort of still conduct their work even with all of the other challenges going on around them you know the kids being at home and all that sort of stuff
1: yeah look you're right and i guess even for those of us who may have been doing some degree of remote working uh we, we we hadn't necessarily had children under the feet as well because at least before we'd had school whereas like you say like there's a whole variety of factors happening there um has Have you seen any unexpected developments? And also, as we chatted before about that, that you're you're half the time in the UK and half the time in Dublin. Uh, Has there been anything unexpected or that surprised you and and anything uh, with the faster or slower rate of adoption in the UK relative to Ireland? I guess, are there any interesting anomalies that have come up?
2: Now I think um, and again obviously with this sort of you know global nature of workforce and global uh, cloud products and those sorts of things I wouldn't say there's um, any real anomalies between what the UK and Ireland are doing and I think in the the Irish sector again they've sort of been really um, rapid to evolve Um, you know probably having um, just sort of more capability um, to achieve some of this Again, I think, you know, what's not really surprising, but um, again, the ramp up, not just of, you know, companies supporting this, but, you know, the bad actors out there in the world, the the way that they've accelerated and um, sort of tried to leverage the scenario, you know, that the risks that, you have someone that's working at home and they don't have that traditional support network around them, that they can't just say, well, ask the person next to them, does this look right, this email or does this sound like, um, you know, it's legitimate that they tend to be a little bit more um, at risk that, you know, and the actors, the bad actors are definitely taking advantage of that, you know, massive increase in ransomware, in spam, in phishing attacks um right across the board and you know the the focus that they've and the dedication that they've really put into that has just been astounding
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely and and so you guys do a uh a remote working security health check so in, in general in terms of like good digital hygiene uh what 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 are the basic kind of tips you'd give to people like you know what does good look like?
2: Yeah, so I suppose, again, it comes down to this sort of rapid adoption. You know, everyone had to make decisions, you know, and that's been everything from, you know, procuring new hardware to send people home to just literally getting people to take their desktops home with them. So, you know, and then adopting, you know, unified communication solutions, whether it's Teams, Zoom or, you know, WebEx, whatever, that decisions had to be made at the time. And again, a lot of organisations now are taking that opportunity to sort of look at that and say, right, OK, then, you know, what do we need to do to, now to improve that and to take to the next step? You know, again, it's leveraging, you know, potential future plans, future budget, future state, but also, looking at where there's more opportunity. And I think we've seen that across the board with, you know, lots of organisations. You know, I think just yesterday, Nationwide Building sites in the UK announced they're now going to adopt a work from anywhere policy. You know, whether that's in HQ, whether it, you just go to a local branch or whether you work from home. And I think that has definitely um, grown as, as a process and a measure. So, again, what we're doing to help organizations do that is to sort of understand what they're trying to get to, what the art of the possible is, where there are quick wins. So, again, how do we just add you know, security, even a little bit at a time, but to just take you on that journey to improve your overall posture um, before you make these big strategic decisions of closing your HQ
1: or whatever it might be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like you say, I mean, you know, the, the nationwide one, it's that's exciting, interesting. And uh, it I think they're recognizing it, it's what their workforce wants. And, you know, it, it's almost like then. The, the startup element of hot desking and working wherever there's Wi-Fi, you know, organizations are recognizing that, that it's something that people w- within their organizations would also like to have that ability to do. So uh, th- that, that, that makes me uh, wonder what what your thoughts are in terms of what, what might the future look like for the rest of 2021 and beyond? And I guess what are you excited about? Uh, what opportunities are there along with what risks will need to be managed?
2: Um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's fair to say the cat's out the bag now. You know, organizations that just assumed that they couldn't offer remote working, that they couldn't offer these sort of flexible scenarios where you might come into the office a few days a week or whatever that might be, mm-hmm. you know, that has, you know, been completely turned on its head that they can see that. There is actually opportunity. And it's not just about the, oh, well, if I don't see the person sat at their desk in front of me, I can't guarantee that they're doing work because people have been flexible. People have been really adaptive to the situation and have demonstrated that they can be just as, if not more productive in a lot of cases. So this has given organisations, and again, it's been all over the news for the last year about people looking at, do we really need big offices in the city centre? You know, is Dublin going to continue to be this epicentre of technology or is it going to become more distributed? And I think, you know, without a doubt, it is definitely going to become more distributed. It's about, you know, but how do we offer the correct balance? Not just for making sure people work, but you know, providing access to services, to systems, to data, while at the same time keeping an eye on the fact that we still need to, you know, protect some of that intellectual property. We still have things like GDPR and um, all these regulatory rules in place that mean that we have to demonstrate that we have the security controls and capability in place. So. I think there's going to be a lot of development in this space. I mean, again, you just look at some of the tools and services that Microsoft are introducing, that they're providing, you know, capabilities to support workers working remotely. You know, the expansion of Teams and other, you know, UC tools that allow people to, you know, be in contact with each other to communicate like we are today just makes it so much easier than, you know, the traditional law, I have to travel, you know, I'm going to this office, to that office, I'm going to speak to that meeting, I've got to go to that meeting room. So even just in the day, the amount of time spent, you know, between meetings, between actions and activities, you know, has definitely been affected. And I think, you know, the benefits for people working from home, the flexibility of not having to pay for childcare for extended hours until you can get back through rush hour traffic, mm-hmm. you know, the more time with families and things like that is obviously better for people's mental health and well being. But also, you know, the sort of there are people that prefer a more structured workforce, you know, that they have a rigid, I, you know, I work from nine to five, I do the office I have, you know, this is how my day's broken down. So I think it's definitely going to be a flexible arrangement. It's not going to be an all or nothing approach.
1: Yes, yeah, look, I mean, and. Yeah. And yet that also kind of makes sense, because in one way, uh, like as medicine evolves, it becomes about being more personalized. And um, with some of the other people we've been speaking to, they feel, too, that the more you can personalize what works best for an, each individual uh, w- within limits, you're probably going to get a happier, happier people in the workforce as as they each have a more tailored um, offering of how they want to work and the ways they want to work. Because like you say, some people want more structure and other people, you know, uh, it almost depends maybe where you are in life. Like if you don't have kids, then you, you're happy to have a more in the office all the time. Whereas if you have kids and like you say, with the, the the commute, then there are different factors at play. Um, with As we see a rollout of more 5G, uh, do you think this is going to help to encourage innovation and development in terms of doing even better some of the uh tools and solutions that you're able to offer
2: um yeah absolutely and again i think there's still this digital divide for you know the more rural areas and things like that where people who may want to work from home who may want to work remotely or can be more productive in other ways that still have limitations on what they can do when they're working remotely so 5g is obviously going to help from that aspect that access to these sorts of services, you know, again, not just corporate services, but services in general you know provided by healthcare, provided by you know uh, banks and other services, that it will definitely help from that perspective. But again, as we see every time, there's one of these evolutions that there is a, a massive drive for you know functionality, utility, capability. So, you know, a lot of the services are going to change. And how do we leverage that? You know, while at the same time keeping an eye on security, you know, it's great to be the first person through the door. But, you know, are you going to bring a lot of risk with that? Um, But the capability is definitely going to uh, shift the focus um, to that more flexible working model.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it it seems like I mean, in some ways over the last year, uh, while lockdown, um, prevented us from doing many things, if we'd had a lockdown plus no connectivity, then then it, I think you'd have had a, a lot more, more unhappy people because the fact that, you know, fr- from Netflix to communicating with everybody, both work and family was still possible, uh, it meant in some ways that we could endure it. So like you say, if when you ha- go the other way and you have better connectivity, uh, it, it should, I think, enable a lot of things to be done uh, without some of the commuting. Um, so for you and with the role that you have, how, how do you remain uh, both up to date and inspired and um, in touch, keep your finger on the pulse in terms of tech insights? What, what are your sources of uh, information to, to remain informed and up to date?
2: Um, yeah, like I say it's um, it's definitely an interesting time and with so many rapid developments. I mean, for myself, um, it's a combination of things. So. You know, every day is a school day, as the saying goes, that there's always something new and to learn. So there's a combination of, you know, blogs, articles, specific, um, you know, MVPs in the industry, things like that, that are always looking at some of these new technologies. Obviously, being a Microsoft partner that we have, you know, a direct link and we get information from Microsoft around what's coming, what's improving, you know. But for me, it's also about the interaction with those customers you know because every customer is different and the idea is that you know you learn something every time you meet with someone and you talk to someone so they don't have to be you know top level industry bloggers and things like that because once you understand the real use cases you know what people are actually doing you know all of that helps evolve and helps you come up with new and innovative ideas about how you can approach problems and how you can sort of help But yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's a constantly moving target. And, you know, again, the evolution has been so rapid, you know, that, you know, with new products and services coming out all of the time, it's challenging, but it's necessary to try and keep on top of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and like you say, you almost have to be um, willing to keep looking at things in a different way. Um, my my penultimate question is, um, what what sort of insights are you getting from customers? And I guess I mean in terms of pain points and ways that they want to use your services. I mean, because as you've said, feedback from customers uh, is is really useful because they're often trying to do things that maybe sometimes I find anyway that, that I hadn't really imagined they'd want to do. Are, are, are you getting those kind of insights? And if you are, what kind of uh, in, interesting things are they asking from you f- from what you offer?
0: Um, yeah.
2: So, like I say, so we focus very much on that that security conversation. So, again. People are using the technology and I suppose, you know, the transition has always been that people can have a very well-defined secure environment. You know, the traditional fortress, we've got our firewalls, we've got our proxies, we've got all of these sort of solutions that protect our estate. But as soon as you move outside of that boundary, it's about how do we help you understand what the risks are? And again, you know, the risks are well-known and they're less well-known. But it's how do you transition or replicate some of that functionality so what we tend to do is like both from an advisory capacity but also from you know design implementation and a managed service support is around maintaining that security because you know it's not a point in time activity you don't say right we've deployed this new technology you know and everything's great we're good we don't need to touch it again for five years you know that that's how it worked in the past you know, now it's a case of the threats are changing daily. So security needs to change daily. So from constantly maintaining, monitoring, managing those environments and evolving them, you know, so what we do with customers is we tend to sort of try and keep this ongoing engagement that, okay, what can we do for you this month that is going to, improve your security posture you know is it that we're going to turn something on is it we're going to turn something off is it we're going to reconfigure it based on threats in the industry and it's about that sort of constant evolution to make sure that you know there's always someone at the opposite end of the spectrum that's trying to compromise your environment their tactics and tools will change so we try and help organizations you know obviously battle against that and try and keep us uh, on top of security as they can
1: yeah yeah and look i mean and Is it the case that it's still the human that's the main weak link? Is social engineering and those elements, uh, is it still the human making either trivial passwords or or forgetting to do, you know, doing dumb things? Is is that a fair characterization or is it not just are they not the Um, main uh, weak link in the chain?
2: No, it's definitely still a link in the chain, but I think, you know, obviously the the bad actors there have evolved. So there's a lot more to social engineering than just having a bad password that can be brute forced attacks. You know, as we see sort of like a massive rise in phishing attacks. You know, and these attacks are getting more and more sophisticated all the time that it's harder and harder to distinguish them. You know, it's not the case of like, you know, five years ago, you could look at an email and you just looked at the spelling, the grammar, you know, the dodgy logo on the email and you just knew instantly that was, you know, a fake email. You know, it's not as easy as that today. You know, those threats are so sophisticated. And again, it's about leveraging the tools that you have available to sort of, you know, try and stop it even getting to the human element. You know, if we can use machine learning and automation in the background that identifies these risks that can try and block this email, for example, getting through, then, you know, because it doesn't matter how good your password is, if you type it in the wrong place, you've just given it away. So I'd say social engineering is probably the worst um, factor at the moment.
1: Well, we were talking to, oh, I think ex-Mossad Israeli, and they were saying no matter how good you make the system, uh, the most often point of the exploit is is the human. So it sounds like that's still the case then. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, So uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. How can people learn more about you and what you guys do?
2: Um, Yeah, so obviously you can go to our website, cwsisecurity.com. From there, you can complete the sort of secure remote working assessment, um, which will obviously help you sort of see where you may or may not have gaps and all the contact information is on the website. So, yeah, absolutely get in touch.
1: Awesome. And we'll include all of that in the podcast. Um, So, look, Mark, thanks for taking the time to come on the uh, Irish Tech News podcast.
2: No problem. Absolutely great. Thank you.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor, Agorapulse. We know how hard it is to juggle all the things in your business. Accounts, meetings, the never-ending inbox. That's why we've teamed up with Agorapulse to give you more than five hours back a week when it comes to managing your social media marketing. No complicated Excel docs, long emails, or millions of open tabs. Simply manage all your social media channels in one place. Go to www.agorapulse.com forward slash Irish Tech News to get one month free. Now all you have to do is figure out how you want to spend those spare five hours. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Tech News on Facebook.